Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive you in our increasingly distracted world. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for my free seven-day productivity challenge. Just give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you simple, easily implementable strategies on how you can become more productive. Jump on the free seven-day productivity challenge by going to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. This episode is featuring a lovely lady by the name of Lila Smith. There is tons and tons of useful nuggets of wisdom. We're going to jump right into it. Make sure you have something to write with and something to write on because you are about to be blown away with the energy and the power of Lila Smith. Lila, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I have been so looking forward to getting on your show and talking with you. This is actually our first live one-to-one conversation. Yes. And actually, you made history because a couple months ago, I was doing one of my many Instagram lives. And of course, no one ever shows up for my live. And all of a sudden, this girl named Lila Smith shows up. And I'm like, I got someone watching my, my lives. I was so thrilled. <laughs> and uh, and, I, and I and I found out more about you. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, yeah, I want to have you on my show because of what you talk about. And so, folks, you're in for a treat. I, I know I'm not supposed to say that because the podcasting people say, don't say every guest a treat. But every guest I have is a treat, and you're no exception. So I'm super excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I love that you look at it that way, that every guest is a treat. I look at every conversation that way. Like, what am I going to learn in this? What am I going to experience? Who am I going to connect with? What about that person is going to help me discover something new? It's this spontaneous moment of connection. And what a treat that is. Absolutely. Now, before we get started, why don't you take about 20 seconds or so and tell the audience who you are and what you do. My name is Lila Smith. I'm the creator of the Say Things Better method of intentional communication. I wanted a method of intentional communication that I could help share with other people so that they too could say things better, listen better, and make better connections with the people who really matter to them in life. What I had discovered was when people were giving me good feedback and saying, hey, you're a really good communicator. There's something about you. You always just say things better, which is where the name of my company and method came from. I had to ask myself, why is that? What is it about me? Because I take it for granted. We always take our own strengths for granted, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So for me, it was, well, I have this background in theater and I was a professional actress for 10 years and all, oh yeah. And all in 20 years of training, including the 10 before I was professionally performing. And so this background, this creative background where we learned to dive deep into another person, even if it's a fictional character and connect so strongly with another person on stage that we're cutting through this fiction to find the connection with another human being. It's like constructed empathy. And I knew that there was power in that. So I took lessons from theater and turned it into a training program. And that's what I use now to help people better communicate. I absolutely love the whole say things better. It, 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 you know, you don't, people, what do you do? I help people say things better. You know, it's not, you know, and I'm looking at your (laughs) LinkedIn profile right now. You know, you're, you do a really good job on your LinkedIn profile. I see a lot of people that say author, coach, speaker, Uh, who cares? Your mom may care. I don't care, but you actually do the right way. A lot of people um, don't do this, but go look at Lila Smith's profile on LinkedIn. You can look at her headline and go, oh, I know exactly what she what she does. And that's what the awesome. whole point, and that's what you're supposed to do. Like when people go to my website and I tell people I help entrepreneurs and executives get the right things done in a distracted world, yes. uh, are you an organic farmer? No, it's pretty clear what I do. And I think clarity, right. and, and I know this goes right <laughs> along with what you 
what you teach is clarity because one of the things I, you know, I, I get asked all the time is like email drives me nuts. You know, do you have any recommendations for email other than like don't live in email? Oh, and I know one thing I know you're probably, I'm, I'm just going to predict the future here that you're going to agree with me is I always say, get to the point, stick to the point. We've all got those emails that are like 13 yes. paragraphs long and nobody's reading those I emails. Write those I got emails. news for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. No, I, I know it's true. No, I'm, no, I absolutely do. And then I have to edit myself. So look, having a framework for how to say things better doesn't mean that I have it internalized. <laughs> you know, I'm an intentional communicator. I have to intentionally remove lines of text from emails that I send before I send them. That's what the intentional part is. It's not because I'm naturally a perfect communicator. In fact, I am far from it, but I've got a framework I can use to help me to say things better. Not perfectly, but better. Well, I tell people I am, I don't like to call myself a productivity expert. I call myself a student of productivity because I don't I think everybody, that. whether it's Facebook or Instagram or saying things better or productivity, we, we, if, when you maintain an attitude that I'm a student of my craft, then I think people respect it. They're like, okay, so you don't yes. think you have all the answers figured out. You're learning and you're sharing it with the world. Right. That's exactly it. Like when I tell people that I had 20 years of training in theater, and performed for 10 years professionally, they're adding it, right? They think you did 20 years of training and then 10 years of professional theater, you know, acting. And I then have to explain, no, 10 years concurrently training and performing because the true masters are continuing to train. Now we are, this episode came out on March 24th. We're in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And I've been talking a lot about on social media and my other podcasts that people are not using this time correctly. They are binge watching Netflix or they're watching the news all day long instead of improving themselves. What I call, I actually schedule time on my calendar for personal development. And one of the reasons why I want to have you on the show, although for two, it's just, I didn't know, you know, we scheduled this, that we'd be going through this time now, but I think this is a good time for people to step back and go, okay, how am I, I love that intentional communication. How am I being intentional? Does my communication need to get better? Because what's going to happen, this thing is eventually going to get over and you have not done anything to improve yourself right. and you're going to be in the same boat. So I really hope listener that you listen to what we're talking about in the show today and say, okay, I'm laid off of my job and I'm not going to wallow in self pity. I'm going to improve myself. And, and Lila, I know you're going to give us some solid strategies on how we can say things better, including not just at work, but at home as well. Yes, absolutely. I think when you're communicating, you're communicating and it doesn't matter whom you're communicating with. It's somebody important to you whether you're at home or you're at work or you're doing branding work, communicating with your audience, all of these things are communication. And it's more important now than ever, for sure. I I love what you said about taking this time to improve because I think people wish for a pause button, right? People say, I'll get around to it. I'll start improving my life when uh, I've achieved all of these things, or I would do that if only I had another four hours in the day. (laughs) And now you've got these extra four hours because (laughs) you're not spending them commuting and doing all of your grocery runs and all of that. And you're going to spend it doing what, (laughs) you know, exactly all those other things that are not really a priority. So I hear you. I mean, I I have to admit, like I've I've done some Netflix binging on Madam Secretary, but I'm doing it like while I'm on a walk around my apartment <laughs> just to get some exercise. Now, wait, in. wait, you're, you're watching TV when you're walking around your apartment? Well, I'm I'm listening to it. Yeah, oh, it's on my okay. phone. I'm like that's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I walk around with my phone, and then also I'll li- listen to audiobooks, and and that's been where. So I'm watching fewer episodes now because I'm getting into more of these audiobooks mm. and having the right voices in my head that are going to help me grow during yes. this time. Yes. So I mean I'm doing all kinds of things. I'm looking at like online certifications and online master's degrees and I'm not going to do all of this, but that's where my head is right now. How can I grow during this time? Yes. Now, before we hit record, it was really interesting. I want to bring it up here because I think it's very valid. You and I were talking about, you know, I said, don't forget, well, I don't think it's going to be an issue with you, Lila, but don't forget it's a clean podcast. And you told me how you loved it. And you said something very interesting. You said, you know, 
we have so few words to get out in the world. And when we are swearing, you use the term filler words. So elaborate on that a little bit uh, about it. Now, we're not judging anyone. We're just talking about how little time you have to get your message across and why waste words, yeah. right? Right. I think that's essentially it. If you really ask yourself, is this word going to amplify the reach of my message? And then ask yourself, is there a better word? Is there a more valuable word? Is there a more instructive word? Is there something I could say to someone that would help them know more about what I think rather than just the tone of how I speak? Hmm. Pack more expertise into fewer words if you can. I love it. And I think people don't realize that, you know, if you offend somebody, they're going to stop listening. Uh, the analogy I like to use all the yeah. time, many years ago in another lifetime, I was working in a steel factory up in Rochester, New York. And every year we did physical inventory. And every year they would buy these ginormous sheet pizzas. I mean, they'd order like seven or eight sheet pizzas. And they would normally order like three cheese, three pepperoni, and one supreme. Well, one year they decided to let this one woman, I'll never forget her, forget her to order the pizzas. She ordered six okay. Supremes and one pepperoni. What do you think was the result of that? Oh my goodness. I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I couldn't imagine, but now I want pizza. Five, five and a half pizzas were thrown in the garbage. Everyone went to the pepperoni because she- oh, because it was rare? Right. Well, she wanted the Supreme. She didn't ask anybody else until she wasted all that money, all that time, all that resources, everything. And and I'm a, I'm a person to say, look, keep things simple, okay? Most people can tolerate cheese or pepperoni. If you like cheese, you can take the pepperoni off. But if you put all the stuff on the Supreme right. pizza on, well, then no one's going to eat it. And it's a big waste of money and That's a true. waste of resources. I was thinking I would rather have a, just like, I would probably even- take half the pepperoni off, eat it on its own. <laughs> right, <laughs> like exactly. But my point right. is that we're talking about wasting things. And so yeah. when you're up there talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, and okay, are you wasting words? Because if you start offending people, like you, let's talk about swearing for a minute. If you're mm -hmm. talking to someone who like me is a devout Christian or a Muslim and you swear, you've lost them. It doesn't matter what the message is. They sure. turned you off. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be the cheese pizza. I'm going to talk really politely to people, very professionally, because I don't want the message not to get heard. I heard, and I have not proven this, but in Muslim countries, if you have any vulgarity in your podcast, you can't download a podcast in these countries. Now, apparently mm -hmm. you can't download like Joe Rogan and, and Gary Vaynerchuk in Muslim countries. I have never been to Muslim country, so I can't say. And the way I'm looking at this is like, okay, why would I want to take that chance of not getting my message out to the Muslim world because I want to swear. And so and I'm those being are very just religious or ethical groups of people. When right. you think about the professionals who are listening to this, who may be thinking, you know what, someday I might need a speaker to address yes. my corporate audience. And, they're not going to be bringing somebody in there because it actually reduces your credibility in many circles and not in all circles. So if that's the kind of person you want to talk to exclusively, the Gary V audience, the maybe the startup community, uh, kind of a younger crowd who's very casual, if that's what you talk about, if that's how you speak, lean into it and go all the way. But you have to acknowledge you're limited in terms of how far your message is going to go because of any number of reasons why people might preclude themselves from hearing you. I agree 100%. And I shared with you before we started recording, I, I got to start recording quicker because I always bring them up back <laughs> in the episode. But I remember I saw one Instagram story where Gary Vanderchuk had a guy come up to him and said, look, at, you know, I don't swear, but I, I need to know how to start swearing for to be an influencer and Instagram. And Gary said, if you don't swear, don't start swearing because... That's not who you are. Right, it's not so weird. It, yeah, it's, people are going to go, who are you? And so I think you need to be yourself. So if you don't swear, don't swear. Yeah. If you do swear, swear. I mean, keep in mind, Gary. But know Vander that there are consequences. Exactly. Well, keep in mind. Yeah. Well, also, Gary Vaynerchuk is an outlier. He's not the exception. Most people who swear like Gary Vaynerchuk are not going to get keynote addresses 100K. Okay. They're not. He is an exception. And he also has an off switch. I've seen some of his keynotes on YouTube where he doesn't swear. But the mm -hmm. point is, he's the outlier. Don't think just because you start swearing and dropping F-bombs that you're going to get all these 100K uh, for 90-minute keynotes. It's not going to happen. He is an outlier. Well, imagine 
what if you do become an amazing keynote speaker and your signature is that you swear? And, and I don't even think that that is his signature. It's just an element of how he talks. I agree. His signature is be yourself, tell your story, be authentic, make content, document, go out there, do it, say it, share it. And that's his message, right? So whatever your message is, if you talk like him, if you have some kind of copy of what he's doing, who do you think they're going to hire? The copy or the original? <laughs> 100%. And if he's making a hundred grand, and I'm sure it's more than that per appearance, what do you think you're going to make? <laughs> Meanwhile, every single person has this incredible, amazing story that other people can learn from. And no one else in the whole world has the same story that you do. Yep. So no one can compete with you on your story. No one can compete with you on holding the space that only you could possibly occupy. Just like no one can compete with Gary, no one can compete with you, including him. He cannot compete with you either. He has zero experience in living your life. 100%. If you listen to Gary, if you filter out all the vulgarity, that's what he teaches over and over again. Be you. You get one life. Yeah. You get one opportunity to live this life. Be you. And that's why he's also saying document, don't create. Because let's face it, you can go on YouTube, you can go on Google and find everything you want to know about communication, but not the way Lila teaches it. You can find out right. everything you want to know about productivity, but not the way I teach it. And exactly. so there are people out there who are productivity experts who I love. And there are people I wouldn't want to change a flat tire for. That's okay. There's <laughs> eight, <laughs> you like that? There's eight yeah. billion people in the world. We don't have to like everybody. Okay. We don't have to like everyone. I mean, there's people time? I don't like. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't have time. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for a second. Sure. I mean, really, if you think about, trying to be likable by a, a mass audience or spending time in conversations with people that you don't like or people that you have to self-edit around, people who don't want all of you. We spend a lot of time, if you really take inventory of it, on those relationships. For what? <laughs> Look point. at how few hours we have in the day, how few minutes, even on self-quarantine. We still have the same number of <laughs> hours and minutes in the day. Why would we spend time communicating with the people who want us to be less of ourselves? I love you brought that up because one of the issues I see when I used to be involved in the youth group in my church is the kids who were Christians used to struggle when they went back to secular school or public school. Mm -hmm. And they would say, well, how do I act? I'm like, dude. You cannot be a Christian at church and a, and a non-Christian in school. Be who right. you are. If you're sold out right. for Christ, be sold out for Christ everywhere. If you're an atheist, be an atheist everywhere. Don't don't be a chameleon. Don't don't fit into the group. Be yourself. And I think so many people. Yeah. It is exhausting. You're hundred percent. It's exhausting. Just if you're yourself, then you don't have to remember. Okay, I have to be this way in this group, and this way with this group, and this way around yeah. my family. If you're the same person all the time. As a matter of fact, this just popped in my head. I was watching. Um, my wife and I have Disney Plus, courtesy of Verizon, not a sponsor of the show. And they mm -hmm. have this show called uh, Disney Insider, and they had a little five minute in, uh, five minute thing about they were filming American Idol at a Disney resort and. Why? And they were interviewing Katy Perry, and they asked the one of the producers, I guess, of American Idol, and they said, "One thing we like about Katy is she's the same person on stage as off stage." And I want people to be able to say that about me. If Mark's in the airport, yeah. if Mark's on stage, if Mark's on his podcast, he's the same person. I think that is a genuine compliment to give someone. It is, yeah. That's one of my favorite things to hear about me, like about you know, said about me too. You're you're exactly what I expected. Perfect. <laughs> And then I, and there was, it's the, really the result of doing as little extra work as possible. Yes. Life, is, not, life is tough enough. Really it. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I need all of that headspace. You know, you and I have talked about how I am not a time management and productivity expert. I have such struggles with getting it together. I mean, honestly, to get out of my house in the morning it takes so much. And I'm always still leaving something behind. I really have such challenges with organization. And I have a friend, uh, Kellen Barfield, who's given me things like a cord keeper for my chargers. And this thing, like I, it didn't even occur to me that something like this would exist. I have such challenges in this way. I need 
every shred of my mental capacity (laughs) just to show up on time. And some people, that's really natural for them. But for me, that means I have to clear out anything that's extraneous. I can't have, I'm worried about how this person is going to see me. I can't have, I'm worried about what I look like. I can't have any of that. I can't have any extraneous thoughts that sap my energy because I need all of that in order to be productive at all. You know, the reason why I'm laughing is my wife goes, she still goes to her real job. She hasn't been quarantined here in Houston. And when she leaves the house, I'm like, okay, got your badge, got your Apple Watch, got your AirPods. Cause this oh, is I natural. wish I'm- I had a Mark Strachewski at home <laughs> going, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have, this? I'm going to have to train Alexa. <laughs> well, that's Alexa, just- I'm leaving the house. And okay, it's like, Lana, I don't, I don't need a, key. there you go. Well, see, I, I don't, when I go shopping, I don't need a list. Cause I go through and I, I this is the way my mind goes, Lila. I'm like, okay, you get up, you brush your teeth. Do you have toothpaste? Yes. Do you have soap for the bathroom? Now I need shaving cream. Y'all need shampoo. You know, so I go through my day and I can like, okay, I got this, I got this, I got this. And people, how do you do that? I'm like, well, don't you do that? But see, it's natural to me. So right. we go to the store. You I don't take need your a list. Strengths for granted. We it's, all do. We all do. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So let's talk have about you ever strength. done a strengths finder. Yeah. Oh, have yeah. you ever done that? Oh I yeah, see. they know that the, the well the one I did was the disc one and my D's are like uh-huh. they go off the page, off the screen, off through the roof. That I mean, I'm sense. like I'm like people go, "Yeah, that's you." <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. But you know, you know what's <laughs> funny? Totally I'll tell you, I'll tell you that I don't mean to interrupt you. I'll tell you this one quick story. My wife learned really early in our marriage that if she said something offhanded like, "Wow, you know, I wish, you know, I got to remember to to mop the kitchen floor tomorrow." I will literally pause the TV and get up. And she goes, what are you doing? I'm up the floor. She goes, no, 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 no. I don't mean now. So she realizes she'll say, you know, tomorrow we should, because she realizes if you ask me something, I'm going to do it right away. And so she's learned to. Yeah, that specificity in language really helps. <laughs> yes, it does. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> because I will literally get up and do it. That's just the way I'm wired. But it, You've got to make- have activator or achiever or maybe both in your top five strengths. <laughs> so I'm a certified UMAP coach. And I got certified so that I could help people really understand more about themselves through which they could then talk about themselves in a clear manner. I so love talking UMAP about myself. Is your, well, who, you know, that's <laughs> great. You're in the right position. It's your strengths, your values, skills that you actually like using and you're good at, and your personality. These are the four different pillars of career fit and life fulfillment. And I learned in doing this for other people and in getting my own UMAP, what my strengths were. We're all different. There are some people who just are so naturally gifted at something, but like you're saying, you know, about how you operate, you take it for granted that, that everybody would of course think about their day as they create a shopping list. I'm like, absolutely not. I go to a store and I use it for exercise and I'm walking up and down all the aisles (laughs) and I'm looking around and putting things my basket and taking things out, you'd be horrified if you saw me do grocery shopping, the least efficient thing. But I'm not doing it for efficiency. I'm actually doing it for an experience. Well, you know what, know what drives my wife nuts is like, I don't like yeah. the backtrack in the store. So if we go to the oh. produce and she gets over the meat side, uh-huh. oh, I forgot potatoes. Oh, she knows it drives that, me crazy because I'm like, we already potatoes. went there. We're already there. It's like we passed yeah. it. <laughs> it drives me insane. I know. I could see that be, I could see all kinds of conflict. <laughs> should I be your wife in the next life? But <laughs> I, I think I probably share a lot in common with her. And it's interesting, right? Because opposites do attract yes. in many ways. I'm Mr. So productivity. She's Mrs. Anti productivity. So it's a joke in right. our house. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the balance is that maybe you have a pretty productive life and maybe you have a pretty relaxed life and you bring those things out on each other. Yeah. Well, she yeah. keeps me fed, so that <laughs> does balance. Well, I out. looked at my strengths report, and I upgraded to the full thirty-four of the thirty-four strengths that they can tell you through this uh, Clifton Strengths, which is offered by the Gallup organization or included in a UMAP. And I looked at my full thirty-four strengths, and I kind of saw these groupings of where they fell at the top. You're looking at relationship building strengths influential strengths and where is the doing of the stuff all the way down at the bottom anything that's involving like deep time-consuming research and analytics and deep 
learning at the bottom, getting (laughs) stuff done at the bottom. Meanwhile, you're like, let me do this right now. Where can I put this on a calendar? You're so organized. (laughs) You probably have a ranger, which is fitting the pieces together, like all the big picture, but fitting the pieces of it together. You probably have um, achiever, which is I need to be able to accomplish tasks in order to feel like I had a good day. Mm-hmm. You probably have uh, activator, which is I'm inspired to do things right now. Yep. And I'm inspired <laughs> to make other people want to get up and take action in their lives. And that's yep. one we probably share. I have activator at my number five, my top five strengths. And that means that I can inspire other people and myself to say, let's go right now, go big. And I'm inspiring people just naturally to take new kinds of action in their lives. This probably won't surprise you, but the other day, it was Sunday, uh, I decided, oh, yesterday, well, no, today's Tuesday, you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, Two days ago, I had an idea for a podcast, and guess what I did? That podcast. I created the podcast, released it uh, yesterday. So I, I, I'm, I am, I, I'm like, let's do it. Let's get her done. And my wife has learned to, hey, you know what? Let him be him. And she knows yeah. that, well, actually, I should say, I learn that if I nag her, it makes her angry, not being a good <laughs> husband. So yeah. I just like, I just go do the stuff and it just, it gets done the way I want it to get done, the way, the fast I want it to get done. And then we don't, we don't argue anymore. I realize that you cannot make someone who's not like you to be you. And once right. I learned that, I think our marriage got a little better because I was driving. You're talking about I was, expectations. Oh yes. Yes. I was, yeah. I was expecting her to be me, which is stupid. Right. What, I mean, what a waste of, uh, yeah. I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure yes. if you expect other people to be you. First of all, no one will be you. Even if they have a tremendous amount in common with you, they never will be you. They never will have your thoughts. Things that naturally occur to you will not always naturally occur to other people. And that's where you need to be clear in your communication. Yes. And especially around expectations especially around what you need from somebody in order for them to take good care of you in your relationship. If you just lay things out and say, here's what I need from you. I'm going to need to get these things done. I need you to accept that I will do them. And if you want to contribute, then let me know and I will delegate some of these responsibilities to you. But it's something that naturally moves me. I know it doesn't naturally move you, but I still have to get it done. So please respect that. I'll need this space for it. I'll need this time for it. And I'll be available to support you in whatever you need at whatever time on whatever date. <laughs> you know, I, I I keep a running log right next to me as I'm interviewing my guests of all the, the topics we talked about so I can, you know, when I promote it tomorrow. I'm sorry. When I promoted it today, got to remember we're in present tense. Yeah, yeah. We're and in I, I actually wrote down <laughs> marriage advice. And some people are going to go, marriage advice? You'll get it once you, if you've listened this far in the episode, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that this is, this is great marriage advice. I'm, I'm certainly not a marriage expert. My marriage, you know, is like, uh, not the place where I feel like I can speak from expertise. Uh, you know, we all have relationship troubles from time to time, but I've been separated now for about two years. Hmm. And, uh, it's, it's not a place where I feel like, I can say I'm a marriage expert, but I can say, had we had clear expectations of each other and clear agreements, we might still be together. You know, we might be living in the same city. We might have a life together. We might have children together, which I never ended up having because our expectations of each other were not on the same page. And we were so swept up in the love of it all. Yep that we didn't get clear on our expectations for how to have a life together. And I think that in that, like in failures, we can all learn how to be more successful. So if I have marriage advice to give, it's only because I know by process of elimination, well, this doesn't work. And so what's the opposite of that? Organized communication, clear expectations. Yeah, expectations. I I love when you talk about that because you know when I entered my fir- my marriage, my first marriage, and it didn't go well, had wrong expectations, and then when I started my mm-hmm. my marriage with my my wife Michelle, again I had the wrong expectations, and that's totally my fault. I own that. It's not it's not her mm-hmm. fault 
her responsibility to give me expectations. And I think this goes to friendships. It goes to work, work relationships. It goes to any aspect of life. You know, what do you want out of the relationship? And more important, what are you going to give in the relationship? I'm yeah. reading at, I'm reading Adam Grant's incredible book right now. Uh, give it's called give and take. Uh, it's mm-hmm. an incredible book. I, and he talks about givers, takers and matchers. And basically mm-hmm. givers are people who give, like you and I do on the show without anything expecting anything in return takers. We all know what those are. There's I just want it all for me and matchers are like what it is. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And matchers are really interesting. They're the quid pro quo people. Uh, Lila, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. And as I'm reading exhausting to me. Yeah. And I'm, as I'm reading the book, I'm like, I am a giver. As a matter of fact, yeah. I, I've had people say, you know, like I, I have this thing called a test drive. You can take my coaching for a test drive for 25 bucks. And I used to do discovery calls for free over and over and over again. And someone said, Mark, you got to, your time's worth something. Because I would do yeah. like these free calls all day, all week. And right. and when I started charging for the calls, just $25, Lila, okay? But yeah. people, the calls went down tremendously because the only people going to pay $25 are people who are invested. It's 25 bucks. Yeah. But all those people who didn't really want to change their life and turn to productivity, they didn't waste my time anymore. But someone had to tell me, hey, your time is worth something. And so I had to listen to people because I tend to be a giver. And if you're a giver, you give, 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 and you can get burned a lot. But it turns out that givers actually come out ahead at the end. Absolutely. Well, think about what, if you think about this current situation where we are, where there's so much scarcity of people buying lots of toilet paper and, <laughs> yeah. you know, stocking up on stocking up on everything. There's this feel, it comes from a feeling of scarcity. Oh no, we're going to run out. And so I'm going to go and take for my household. I'll take and take and take and take and take. Well, now you have created a scarcity, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. Now it's hard for people to keep up production. Now when you do run out of toilet paper again, because somehow you have some kind of GI issue that requires you to have 9,000 rolls of toilet paper <laughs> for the next 14 days, you are going to be stuck in the same situation as everybody else where now there is scarcity. Now there's nothing. Now everybody's ordering everything. You buying 9,000 rolls of toilet paper contributes to the overall feeling of scarcity where now when you need toothpaste, somebody else felt a scarcity there because of the scarcity that you contributed to. Mm. Meanwhile, when you post things like, let me give free advice. Let me get on the phone with you. Let me connect you to people. Let me offer, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm clean, if I'm healthy, uh, things that I have that I can give to people, sharing resources about what to do to occupy your time if you are only focused on what you put out there in the world? Well, guess what? Now you live in a better world. Now you live in a place that's more connected because you contributed capital into that account. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, you and I could talk for a very long time, but I think I <laughs> that we gave the people more than enough to um, take something. And here's the thing. All you need to do, listener, is take one thing. Now, we, we, Lila talked about a bunch of things, and I talked about a bunch of things. Don't get overwhelmed by everything we talked about, okay? This episode is over a half hour long. I want you to take one thing that resonated with you, one thing that spoke to your heart, and go implement it, okay? Don't try to do more than one thing because then you're not going to do it. So pick one thing that resonated with you. So my final question for you, Lila, is, well, before I ask that question, is is there anything we didn't talk about in the show that you wanted to bring up before we close today? You know what I can do? Because this is a productivity audience and people who really want that immediate tool that they can use to do something different now, I would love to provide a tool called Verb Your Values. And if you're up for playing a game with me, that'll be about two minutes, then we can give that to your audience, all of the listeners. If you want to completely transform your level of accountability for your communication for the rest of your life, we can do it in two minutes. Now I'm sweating. Okay. Is this going to be painful? Is this like going to the dentist? (laughs) Yes. It's going to be awful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, it is hard to put yourself out there. It's hard to take upon something that's unknown and jump into it and say, okay, I'll play. But in service of your audience, are you willing to go there through this pain 
and explore your own level of accountability for your communication with me. My audience already knows he's going to say yes. So let's just go on right. with it. Well, what are you going to do now? I put you on the spot, right? Well, I can always delete the episode. <laughs> oh, you I could, didn't record the could. episode. <laughs> right, right. Well, this is what I do. I hold people accountable to a higher standard of communication. And it's because when I was in this relationship, and this was a, a long time ago now, but I was in a relationship with someone who would say things to me like, well, it wasn't my intention to offend you. You ever hear anybody say that to you, Mark? Oh, Yes. Have you ever said that to someone else? It wasn't my intention to whatever. Probably in all likelihood. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I have too, but I kept hearing it over and over again, following some very offensive things that he would say. So <laughs> uh, after a while, I noticed this is a pattern. I'm offended, but it wasn't his intention. And maybe that's true, but is it enough? Is it enough to say that wasn't my intention? When I know from theater, every single time as an actress, I would walk on stage, I would set my intentions ahead of time. It's part of the acting process. I'm trained in this. So we would pick verbs as actors to guide our communication to the other person on stage with us in this fictional world. But I would say to myself, I'm going to intimidate that person, or I'm going to uplift that person. Or I'm going to connect with that person. And you know, you can hear it. If you're listening, you can hear that it changes my voice. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not changing my voice. I'm just thinking, how do I uplift someone? What energy goes into that from me? And so I'm going to ask you to play this game with me. I'll give you a line so you can be okay. uh, an actor on stage in this moment. Okay. And your line is going to be... Me, 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 me. <clears throat> okay, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. You've done your warm-ups, you flex yes, and all that. I'm all set. Great. Fast forward to 20 years of acting training in this two-minute moment. <laughs> okay. So your line is, that will be sufficient. That will be sufficient. Okay. Right. That is your line. And now I'm going to assume that it's one of your values to energize the people around you. Would you say that's fair? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Great. So because it's one of your values, I'm going to pick the verb to energize, to reflect your values in action, the action you're taking with your communication. And so now the line, that will be sufficient. These are the only words you may use, but I need you to say it to me with the intention to energize me. Okay. That will be sufficient. I feel energized. <laughs> I just channeled my Johnny Jocko. <laughs> you just channeled what you do when you energize someone, the energy that it takes for you. And now I'm going to ask you to shift, take responsibility for a moment that, that isn't present right now, Where, but maybe I need comfort. Maybe there are people in this world right now who feel afraid or who are in, in a place of scarcity or who are concerned for their own health or that of their loved ones. You have the same line, the same words that will be sufficient. And this time, set your intentions, please, to comfort me. That will be sufficient. That's right. I feel comforted. It's <sighs> the way two. that I feel. <laughs> did it feel different to you? Yes, it did. Communicate. Yes. So what was the experience as the communicator? We've all heard now, myself and the audience, what it sounded like. We've received your energizing. We've received your comforting. What did it feel like to you to take that level of accountability for your communication? Well, what, the first thing I noticed is because I'm so high energy, so positive, so optimistic to yeah. go down to that next level. I had to think about it. I really had a, it was a struggle to think about it. You mean to comfort? Yes. Yeah. I think sometimes not we, that I don't, that, I don't want to comfort struggle. people. Is this no, I'm like so course. high energy? But it's not naturally where your head goes. Uh, it's not your instinct, but that doesn't mean it can't be your intent. Our instinct is what comes naturally in a moment. Our intentions come from what's valuable to us, what means something to us beyond what's instinctive. So you can take that extra second and ask yourself. What do I really care about making my communication partner feel in this moment? And just pick a verb. If I'm leaving people with just one thing, it's that. Pick a verb 
that acknowledges the kind of action you want your communication to take and then speak. Okay. Now, is there one more? And it's still you. Yeah. Is, is there one more level? Oh, I, no, I mean, there, there are all the, there are thousands oh, okay. and thousands I thought, of I verbs. Thought you, okay. I thought um, there's going to be three levels. I don't know where I got that from. I, we can do another one. Do you want to do one more? Well, I, I, if you're going to say angry or disappointment, that would have been easy. Well, let's hear it. Like, so use um, to distance as a verb. What does that feel like to, when you distance someone? And the line is, that will be sufficient. Okay. I would say that will be sufficient. Yeah. And I feel really shut down hearing, just hearing that. That's it not comes, how I wanted the show though. <laughs> no, right. Like, so we, we can go like, um, what about to connect? Do you want to use to connect to finish the show? Sure. Okay. Go for it. So I, I want to connect with you. Yeah. However, Mark Strachewski connects. Well, thank you for saying my name correctly. That really means the world to me. I would say that would be sufficient. <laughs> I would go right back up to my hand, high energy because that's that's yeah, my natural bet. That's you. That's how you connect. And I love that you did that and that you acknowledge what it feels like to you authentically when you connect. Guaranteed there are people at home. And if you're trying this at home, see what it feels like to you when you decide to connect. I'm telling you, it feels different than it feels for Mark. It's totally okay for that verb to feel different and to sound different coming from you. You think about the things that you value, the way that you care about making people feel, and then you pick a verb that aligns with that, and that's how you verb your values. So when someone is irritating you, you have something immediate to go to, to affirm, to connect, to empower, to equip, to educate, to, you know, all of these things, to revitalize. It could be anything, whatever it is for you call upon that in high stress moments that are also high stakes because you care about the people you're communicating with. And I'm pretty sure that one of the things you talk about to your clients is think before you speak. I think a lot of people, when yes. someone's thinking, when someone's speaking, you're already formulating a response and they haven't even finished saying what they're saying. And this is something I get in trouble all the time with my wife. I learned to keep my mouth closed, <laughs> listen to everything she's saying, because if there's any guys listening to the show, and there probably is, um, sometimes the wife just wants to talk and they don't want you to say anything. They just want to be present. That goes both ways. Yes. Yeah. And it took me years to learn that because my wife, Michelle, she'd be going on and on. I'm like, I'm like, solution, solution, solution. And then- right. I would hear the still small spirit saying, Hey, shh, just listen. And, and you can't, you can't really actively listen to someone. If you're trying to form a thought in your head, you have to let them finish. And then like you say, be intentional because if, if they're going through something, how you respond could really dramatically affect your relationship. And I think people need to slow down and not have to worry about answering right away. Well, it's one of your, I think, solutions and strategy might be values of yours. And maybe restorative is one of your top five strengths, a natural problem solver. Because you want to provide value, your mind is, of course, automatically going to go to solution, solution, solution. Because that's how you feel you can add value to this person you care about. When you think about your values in communication, though, rather than just acknowledge that when you're doing that, you might be... Like what's the, what's the verb label for that? It might be to solve. It might be to reassure. It might be, uh, you know, to just to, to make somebody feel better in that moment in whatever way that is for you. But when you think about that person and what they might need, maybe Michelle would prefer rather than to solve or to equip or to educate, maybe what she wants is to feel held. So if you shift your attention from to solve or to equip over to something like to embrace and you make only that one small shift in your communication, in your own intentions, you won't have to stop yourself from speaking because your intention will just be to hold. Mm. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. I'm glad that you brought that up at the end of the show because that is extremely powerful. So I'm sure people are wondering, Lila, Lila, where can I find you online? Where can I find out more about you? You have got me intrigued. Tell us more. 
Thank you for your intrigue and the compliments that we're presuming you are feeling. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Go to saythingsbetter.com. Send me an email to lila at saythingsbetter.com if you want to actually work on something. But if you're not ready to work yet, go to LinkedIn and follow me there. It's Lila Smith, L-I-L-A. You can look up Say Things Better. And you can also find me on Instagram at Lila Lasagna. Wait, Lila Lasagna? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I was not aware of that. So what? <laughs> what do you like lasagna, or is it a pet name I someone make gave you? Great or? lasagna, and people um, nicknamed me Lila Lasagna uh, in okay. 2008. At Much ado about nothing. All of the actors in the cast would come over to my apartment after rehearsals, and I would be cooking for sometimes 20, 30 people. So oh I would my. make lasagnas, and that was the summer that I earned my nickname. Wow! Now, do you make vegetarian lasagna? No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I mean, there I would if there were vegetarians who were going to be dining at my house. Okay. But it's not my specialty. Well, you know what? I went vegetarian at the end of November. And, and yeah. I, the first time I tried vegetarian lasagna, because I'm like, I'm a really picky eater. I've been like a burgers and hot dogs and french fries my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I kept hearing, you know, how beneficial it is to give up meat. And so I watched the movie Game Changers and I said, I'm going to try this out, which is weird because I've always been a carnivore my entire life. And and so I went to the store and I bought, I think it was Amy's, um, you know, vegetable lasagna. I'm like, I'm going to try it. It's mm -hmm. spinach and carrots. I'm like, and I ate it. My wife goes, what'd you think? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not dead yet. And I'm like, I, I kind of <laughs> like it. So I, I eat meat-based burgers and, and chicken tenders and eat a lot of salad. And I actually feel healthier now. I'll be 55 in June than I've ever felt in my entire life. I run every day. I'm eating better. Now, if I go buy cookies, they go in the day because I, I love my chocolate mm -hmm. cookies. But um, I, I'm feeling – I apparently – and I never – of course, I don't like needles. Uh, so I, I don't know what my markers are. But theoretically, if you eat a lot of vegetables and fruit, your your blood is better or something like that. But they, they can't get the blood on me because I'm like – I don't like needles. So mm – -hmm. but I, I've been trying it and it, today is well, – But you know how you feel. Yeah, I, I do know how I feel. And as of yesterday, when we recorded this episode, it was 86 consecutive days of no meat. And people asked wow. me, well, what do you do when you go out to lunch? I said, well, I'm a big fan you of eat, the probably. Well, yeah, but I, I love the Impossible Burger because it's it's plant based. I, I've had those. I think they're delicious. Yeah, they are. And the thing is, is my, I'm a technically a flexitarian, so that means okay. if I have meat every <laughs> once in a while, I can't. It's not a religious group. It's it's a flexible vegetarian. Funny. I just I yeah. like the feel way I feel. I'm reading uh, uh Tom Brady's book TB12, and he's not a vegetarian, but he eats ninety percent of his food is plant based. And they say because the thing is, people eat beef or chicken or whatever they're and but the cow doesn't eat meat the cow eats grass so when you eat the meat you're eating the vegetables the cow eats so why not eat, eat the vegetables directly now i'm not a nutrition expert so don't don't misunderstand me i'm not i'm just telling you but you know what works for you exactly you know what's interesting that you said look i've always been this way uh you know i've always been a meat eater and then somebody said something, someone used their voice to share information. You watched this documentary and it made you ask yourself a new question. Could I change my life if I made this one change? Could I have a different feeling? I think it's really, I just want to commend you for taking a chance, even though your whole life had been one way that you said, I'm going to try something new. You're now on day 86 or 87 at the time of the release of this podcast. If I didn't slip. But. And, <laughs> right, right. But you you made a change just even though you said you're, you're 50 or something like that. I'll be 55 in June. 55 in June. Yeah, that's a long time to be one way. Yep. And then to say to yourself, I can grow. I can change something today. Let's see how this goes. What a great attitude. So I just want to commend you for having that attitude of growth and curiosity about your own life. Well, thank you. I had, I had a guy on the show a number of months ago, and I kind of had him on the show. He's called The Skeptical Vegan. And his story, he was a carnivore's <laughs> in life. And overnight, he went vegan. And I said, I could never give up meat. Well, of course, I text him and say, yeah, I'm vegetarian. He says, you're going to go vegan? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not giving up ice cream. Sorry, dude. I am not giving up ice cream. I'm not giving up uh, yogurt. I, I love my dairy. So to go vegan, you have to give all this stuff up. But when I heard the what I've read is there's a tremendous health benefit 
giving up meat to go vegetarian. But to go from vegetarian to vegan, it's more about saving the animals than getting health benefits. And so they said, really, it's not really. Now, there's going to be people who listen to the show and go, you're so wrong. Listen, this is what I've learned. Okay. I'm not an expert. Okay. I'm just a student of this. And, but they say the health benefit to go from vegetarian to vegan is really small. The big benefit is going from meat to vegetarian. Again, that's prefaced by saying that's what I've read. I'm not an expert, so please save your hate well, mail, hate DMs. But it is your experience. You know, you can speak from your experience. You True. say, this is how I always ate. This is how I always felt. Now I eat like this. Now I feel like this. So that's valuable. You know, I, I have a different experience. I actually just went, I went keto a few months ago and have lost a bunch of weight and have been feeling greater mental clarity and greater focus in, in most areas of my life. But everybody has something different that works for them. And you just have to ask yourself why you're doing it. Why am I making this change right now? To be 100%. honest, you know, I knew I wanted to lose some weight, but the reason but I've done all kinds of programs. The reason I did keto was because I was spending a lot of time with my best friend and this is how she eats. I wanted it to be easy for us to eat the same foods and still accomplish those goals. So that was the reason why I chose how to go where I went. And now I'm doing it on my own. And, you know, we all have to do everything on our own these days. I once heard someone say that if there was was one perfect diet, we'd all be on it. And so it works for different for everybody. Like I run every day. I mean, I run during the pandemic. I ran through the, the hurricane, the floods, the cold weather. I run every day. Now, some people go run. You run at 530 in the morning. I used to run at five o'clock in the morning. Lila. There's some weird people out at five o'clock in the morning, not from early in the morning. I mean, from the night before, especially on Saturday and Sunday mornings, there's weirdos out at five o'clock in the morning. Like, aren't you, what are you doing? And so I started going to 545, six o'clock. Cause it's kind of weird when you're like, you're running. And you see like people got to be safe. Yeah. Keep your wits about you. I thought they'd be sleeping by five o'clock in the morning. Goodness gracious. (laughs) I've been that, I've been that girl, you know, to be out really late. So (laughs) when I was in college, uh, I went out sometimes four nights a week, uh, sometimes five nights a week. We would host parties in our apartment. I've been through the time, (laughs) you know, I've done that where you do pre-gaming, which is drinking in your apartment. And then you do, do game, you know, out at the bars. And then there are after hours where you go to somebody's <laughs> apartment, then post after hours, which some sports team or a fraternity would host. And then there's the diner. So you're basically coming back home after breakfast, oh after this goodness. whole night of, of insanity. Yeah. There are reasons why I don't live like that anymore. And <laughs> some of them have to do with the fact that I'm focused on a mission that I want to accomplish with my life, transforming the way the world communicates. Well, good for you. And I remember I when I was younger. I survive it. I'm, yeah, I remember when I was younger, people say, hey, Mark, want to come to a party? I'm like, great. What time to start? 11? Dude, I don't go to the house after nine. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm done. I, I go to bed at 10 o'clock on New Year's Eve. Okay, I'm just, that's who I am. That's that's my truth. And uh, so Mazel Tov to all you people who stay up all night long. There's a reason why God turns the light off at night. You're supposed to go to bed. That's my theory anyway. So um, Lila, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much yeah. for being on the show. Um, this is been, for having me. Uh, people are going to have to listen to this multiple times because we talked about so much. Even though we laughed a lot, there's a lot of gold nuggets in here. So uh, rewind it, listen to it again. Uh, maybe not on anything other than 1XB because I tend to talk really fast, but a lot of gold here. So thank you so much for being <laughs> on the show today. Yeah. Thank you. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge. All you have to do is give me two minutes a day for a week, and I will teach you simple strategies on how to become a more productive view. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show, and then if you you really want to make my day and my week and my year, tell two or three of your friends about this show because that way I can help more people. Until we meet again, my friend, you know what to do. Go be productive.